2: Well, again, we are Chris Lee, Blake Lovell, and Max Barr of Southeastern 14 here to preview three SEC basketball games for Wednesday night. That is Missouri traveling to Florida, South Carolina, going to Texas A&M. And the last one is Alabama visiting Ole Miss. We'll break all those down in the order of tip-off, which we just mentioned. Before we get into the games, we remind you, we are brought to you by Online which is your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoff with live in-game betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today. Become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The game starts here. All right, the game start in Gainesville, 530 Central. Missouri travels to Florida. Florida is going to be a big favorite in this one. Let me pull up Ken Palm and tell you exactly what that probably look like. Uh, Missouri favored by 15 in Ken Palm. I presume Bart Torvik is similar. I'm not going to sit here and, and and give you 10 minutes of why Missouri can beat Florida. It is an uphill climb. Florida one of the more consistent teams in the league. Missouri also one of the more consistent teams in the league. It has lost every SEC game. Now, I think Sean East being back, scoring 33 against Arkansas, tells you they got a dude who can have a game that that would be required in one of these upsets. Tamar Bates has also taken his turn in the scoring lead. But Missouri really limited offensively other than that. On the other hand, Florida is not. Gentlemen, I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase and give you my pick. It's Florida and it's easy. And, and if you got a reason why I'm wrong, let me know.
1: Blake, this is, this is one of your clients' performances here. Would you like to step in quick?
0: Yeah, I got a lot to say. I, Chris took a couple jabs at the Tigers in there. Um, I knew that's okay. We're, we're, we're noting that. Uh, and My client's taking note for the revenge tour in 2025. But this is what I like to call a look-ahead game for Missouri because they're looking ahead to the next game, which is the last chance they got to win one in the SEC play so you know because of that not not because of florida you know being a great team or anything it's just missouri's looking ahead to old miss on saturday because we're they're trying to figure out hey this is our best chance at a victory on saturday the look ahead game here i don't my, my only thing would be you know if i were missouri i'd request a trade here I, i'd request a trade <laughs> for the opponents can we trade florida for in, anybody else um maybe not anybody can can we Trade Florida for, like, one of the bottom couple teams. That would be nice uh, at this rate. But I don't think you can do that. Um, although, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it would be okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean. <laughs> the stalling here is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to, to pick against my client yet again. But I think I will go with the Florida Gators, who seem to be playing a little bit better basketball right now um, than the Missouri Tigers, who have been consistent not in the way Chris, the, the the jab that Chris took at him. They've been consistent in that. They've, they've been right there in that's a true. lot of these. In any game that Sean East has played in, Missouri has been there at some point in the game, like late into the game, if you really think about it. <laughs> like that's what's probably even more frustrating. It's not that they're just going getting blown out every game. It's that in every game that Sean East has played in, there have at least been times in the second half where like it's a close game. And they just don't have that. They don't have those two missing pieces that we thought they would have to maybe help them get over the hump in some of these games. And so, yeah, um, come on, I, I'm picking the Gators here. Florida
1: just provides a tough matchup for Missouri with with all their size. It's just it's it's same thing with with a team like Vanderbilt down in the bottom half of the SEC. That they, when they play Florida, it's just tough because Florida's just got. 6'10 monster after 6'10 monster. Um, but what I will say is I think it was just last week, but I remember I remember tweeting about it uh from our account, and it was that there was like a streak of three or four double-digit SEC underdogs that were winning at halftime. It was like Missouri against Tennessee, um, oh, and a few others during that week when they played. But there's just something about being a double-digit underdog in the SEC and, and you're winning at halftime and, and we're texting each other, wait a second, is this going to happen? And then Blake texts us back, no, this team wins by 12-plus. I feel like we might we might get that here, but it's just a tough, tough matchup with, with how Florida's size matches up. I'm going Florida.
2: Next up. South Carolina visits Texas A&M. Boy, Texas A&M, let's let's go back to February the 10th. A&M had just beaten Tennessee three straight wins. That includes Florida. We're going, okay, this team has finally gotten it together. It then goes to Vanderbilt, gets beat at the buzzer, and the bottom has fallen out. A blowout loss on the road to Alabama, a home loss to Arkansas and then a blowout in the Revenge Tour in Food City Arena against Tennessee. South Carolina, on the other hand, we have been sitting here all year going, hey, the predicted computers tell us this team is not as good as its record. And then when it went and got its doors blown off at Auburn and it did not rebound and got beaten by LSU in Columbia in a game that went down to the buzzer, That was a thing that could have rocked the Gamecocks' confidence. But Carolina is led by Lamont Paris. And, boy, we got a lot of good stuff to say about Lamont Paris. He took this team to Oxford, where not a lot of teams are winning this year. And he not only won, he won it by 13 points. This feels predictable. This feels like... This should be a spot where Carolina can go and win in College Station. A little pressure mounting on Buzz Williams. Carolina really just needs to win another game or two uh, to, to to sleep very comfortably about its NCAA tournament fortunes. Might might be look might be there anyway. I don't think Carolina can lose out and be there. Uh, meanwhile, am has got a lot to play for, guys. Um, and we've seen the unpredictability of these games. Uh, th- th- this one is not easy. Max, give me
1: what stands out to you here. It's a great segue. This one is not easy. This is a tough game to break down. Falls into that um, road ranked team at a home unranked team. If you want to look at it from a betting angle, um, but man, these two these styles are are very interesting. You kind of have that South Carolina defense that really just keeps everything in front and and enforces you into those tough mid-range twos but if there's any team that has two guards that just kind of live in that area live in that one-on-one isolation try to beat your man one-on-one off the ball it's wade taylor and tyrese radford so that you know what what kind of what good would forcing tyrese radford into mid-range floaters be i think that's kind of where he wants to live um, but then on the, on the flip side, you have a South Carolina offense that does not get to the free throw line. They, they actually get to the free throw line at the lowest rate in the SEC. Uh, but what they do do a really good job of is getting quality looks and offensive rebounding the ball. Offensive rebounding in the top five rate in the SEC. Well, the Texas A&M defense doesn't let you do that. So like on both sides, you have contrasting styles that it makes for an interesting game. Um, but the, the number one thing that I'm kind of looking for is can Texas AM run efficient offense at home and take care of the ball because this is a South Carolina defense that's not going to turn you over they're just going to force you into really tough shots and contest that could go one of two ways with Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford okay I feel like it's kind of going to come down to who's making shots this game it sounds like a cop-out from an analyst standpoint, but I think it's as simple as that. Who's going to make the tough shots here?
0: Yeah. um, We talked about 46-43, Tennessee and Auburn last year in Knoxville. (laughs) I think the percentage of this game being 46-43 is higher than any we've seen in a while. Um, And that's not a knock on either team. It's just when you think about how both play, I think you're absolutely going to get a grinded-out, game yeah, here yeah. where the defenses are going to control how this game is played and then it's like those couple little things that max has mentioned it's like all right a&m's best attribute is offensive rebounding well south carolina is really good at preventing offensive rebounds yep bully ball inside so if they stop a&m from getting those second chance opportunities which is not going to be easy because very i don't know if anyone's been able to do it really um is A&M going to be able to score enough points if they don't get those second-chance opportunities? Because the numbers tell us they're not going to make enough shots anywhere else on the floor unless they just get easy shots. Um, they've not done it consistently. Is this going to be the game where they hit whatever 11 threes that they hit against Tennessee? I just don't think so. But they could, I guess. But the percentages tell you that's not going to happen. And then it's like, all right, well, on the other side, it's okay. a they're still going to play some pretty good defense. I mean, we've seen South Carolina be a little up and down offensively. There are some times where they, just, they struggle to score a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's the thing, right? a ms bread and butter is getting to the free throw line. How this game is called will make a huge difference because South Carolina, as we have always said, is aggressive. They're physical. And if they're getting called for every little touch, then AM's going to shoot 35 free throws in this game. Um, which is probably exactly what they want. But if it's if it's a game where, you know, the officials are letting them play and it's just a physical basketball game, then I think you're absolutely going to see this be a grind for both of these teams to find consistent offense. Um, but, yeah, so this is – I mean, it's an interesting setup here. A&M, as of this morning, we're just – we're only mentioning – I know everyone kind of just loses it sometimes when we say the name Joe Lenardi. But – we're just saying it because this is what you're going to see on the broadcast. Like, okay, so we're just using him as the example here. But he's the one that gets mentioned with Bracketology. We're just going to say this. AM, the first team out as of this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday. They are the first team out of the field in his bracket. Ole Miss, by the way, is way back there now. They're in, they're in the danger zone. Call Kenny Loggins because they are in the danger zone. Because now you go into this game, and I'm going to disagree with Chris on one thing. I think South Carolina, which I would never disagree with Chris on anything, but I think if South Carolina loses out, they're still in. I I think maybe they're a 9-10 seed or something, but they're still in the field if they lose out. Uh, don't try me on that, South Carolina, but at A&M, home against Florida, home against Tennessee, at Mississippi State, three of those teams are NCAA tournament locks most likely. One is the first team out of the field. So those aren't – even if they lose them all, they're not going to just destroy South Carolina's resume by any means – So – but we'll see what happens in this one. This is a – it's a fascinating game, even if it may not be the most – you know, this isn't going to be Alabama, Florida, Alabama, Kentucky, by any means. Our man Blake may be invisible at times, but that doesn't mean
2: he's always wrong. I would not checked. South Carolina's got Florida, Tennessee, and at Mississippi State. So none of those, although two at home, are are things that would really – kill carol but no, no bad loss opportunities i guess is a good way to say it um and a not a bad loss opportunity too so really i think carolina i don't, I don't know if playing with house money is strong enough there, there's so many other variables with other teams somebody could sneak some wins some teams could creep off the bubble and and go online but i think i think carolina is seven in bracket matrix as of this morning um that's a whole lot of rambling before I get to the prediction. Look, a And M keeps possession of the ball. One way it keeps possession of the ball is it doesn't turn it over. Carolina doesn't really force turnovers anyway, so that's that's kind of a non-factor here. The rebounding thing Blake talked about. A And M number one in the conference in conference games at getting offensive rebounds. Carolina number number two at preventing them. Um, the the three-point shooting that's one thing Carolina has been able to do at times is take teams out of their games. Not really a factor for am It, it hasn't really shot the ball from three excepting it's Tennessee. so there's a lot of a lot of things here where Carolina is good at neutralizing things that Am doesn't really do well so I, I don't know what to make of all the stats. I'm just gonna go with the gut feeling. this is a gritty grinded out game. Succula has not been perfect in that scenario. You saw that against LSU. But I just trust this team to win more right now. We've seen Tennessee win in Knoxville. If you win in Knoxville, you can win anywhere. Not, not sure about it, but give me the game, Cox.
1: Interesting, interesting. So with this game, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be one of those games when you're watching it, and if a team goes up by like – Four or six, you feel like that's a double-digit lead. I feel like that's that's going to kind of be the the kind of game this is. And who do I trust more to just get out to a four, maybe even just like a five-point lead, and just kind of play their pace, play their game. And for me, that's Lamont Paris, and and what they what they've been able to do on the road. So since I. Like South Carolina in this game, I'm going to pick Texas yeah. <laughs> a <gonna> <laughs> I love what you just oh, did there. You, you just
0: backed him into a corner. You did not at all because let me tell you right now, we talked about the NCAA tournament, all this other stuff. The Lamont lock is officially on when it comes to the tournament for the Gamecocks. And I, at least one of you, actually I think both of you, have learned your lesson from the last time around. When the South Carolina Gamecocks went to Oxford and you two were all in on the Rebels what? who now have sort of, yeah, yeah. You, you were all in Max. I think you said 30 point victory, something like that. From what I <laughs> um, but now you've got a very interesting scenario here because South Carolina just went to Ole Miss, the team that desperately needed a home win to keep its NCAA tournament conversation going, to stay in the hunt a m is in the same situation. First team out, second team out, first team, last team in. They're right there on that line right now for a lot of people. And so, who do you trust? Who do you love? I love my father, Lamont Paris. And the Gamecocks hit the road to play the Aggies, and stylistically, I just think this is the kind of game that south carolina absolutely wants they want this kind of game against texas a&m um and again play the percentages right one thing would tell you okay play the percentages and take the home team but there is such a there is such something about this texas a&m team to where even though this is going to be their super bowl because this is the biggest game of the season for them now based on where they're at in the tournament they've lost four in a row I just do not think you can trust them at all offensively, and now you're telling me to trust them against a the team that defensively has just completely grinded people into oblivion this year. And so I just I can't do it. I, I cannot trust Texas A&M, especially a Texas. You're telling me to trust a Texas A&M team that is on a four-game losing streak, which has included losses at Vanderbilt, at home against Arkansas, a 25-point loss at Alabama, a 35-point loss at Tennessee. Now, the way this season's gone, Texas A&M's got them right where they want them. I mean, a four-game losing streak, getting blown out, losing to a couple teams that are at the bottom of the rankings, great. This is exactly the setup you want if you're Buzz Williams. But I can't do it. I can't predict it. So that's not my pick. I'm taking the Gamecocks on the road in College Station.
2: I like the who do you love, rare. I thought you were going to bust out into George Thorogood there for a minute. Who do you love? Who do you love? Like that song. All right, Max, what do we got next? We got one more left. A great Alabama game, Ole Miss. Great I can't game. read my
0: writing. This um, is going to test me here.
2: Yeah. Th- hey, speaking of backs against the wall, Oof. I'm, I'm not going to say Ole Miss has to have this one or it's got no chance. Yeah. Uh, because no, you I see, at Miss- do, well, I don't know. At, at Missouri, at Georgia, they got to this one. <laughs>
0: I will say it for you. Ole Miss has right. got to have this one.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I strike that from the record, Judge Judy. Ole Miss has got to have this one. Question is, can Ole Miss get this
1: one? Um, Max, I'll let you start here. Well, um, we've been talking about it, and I I hate to just lean on an injury, um, but when you're looking at paths to victory, you got to cover all your angles. And Oates said again today or it might have been yesterday but he said again how much they missed Latrell Wrightsell and kind of went into depth into it I'm not going to go through everything he said but just kind of went over how much Wrightsell brings to the team and how how important he is Um, so if there's ever a good time to catch Alabama probably isn't when they're going to be pissed off coming off of a a prime time loss you know when they're in a bounce back spot, probably not the best time to catch them. You'd probably want to catch them where Kentucky did coming off of an overtime win. Um, so you're going to, you're going to catch a pit, a pissed off team, but you are catching them in their second straight road game now. And they're shorthanded. Um, when you look at the numbers and the, and the matchups, we've been talking about the Ole Miss defense and how they haven't lived up to what we thought they would be. And everyone knows that. Alabama's, you know, got the ability to put up 100 plus any night. So when you look at the Alabama offense versus the Ole Miss defense, maybe Ole Miss is going to be able to block a bunch of shots, and and Alabama has a rough shooting night on the on the road. We've been talking about the turnovers. If there's one thing that Matt Morrell and Alan Flanagan can can impact the game with, it's it's forcing some turnovers. I believe Morrell had like a 10 steal game earlier in the year, so you can see some areas there, but. Pretty much all the numbers are going to tell you that Alabama uh, is just going to do one of those, we may not get many stops, but we'll outscore you type of games. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this one. How about you, Blake? Well, just real quickly, because I had the stat pulled up. My
0: son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the internet essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive.
1: Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.
0: I forgot to mention it you know, in the middle of my promo for the South Carolina-Texas A&M game, but you guys realize that and this is one of those weird things, like I don't know that I would have put this together and thought this was the case, that South Carolina has beaten Texas A&M eight of the last ten times. They've won three straight in College Station. That just doesn't compute for wow. me because I feel like Texas A&M has been better than South Carolina over the past, right? Like, you know, towards yeah. the end of the Frank eight Martin years. tenure, South Carolina was struggling. It's just one of those weird things. It makes to me like A&M out. even more. Well, probably. I mean, you're probably right about that. So, um, all right, as for this game. The Super Bowl for Ole Miss. We got two Super Bowls here. This is yeah. a very important evening for these two teams. And yes, as we said, this is as must win as it gets for Ole Miss. They don't win this one, they're going to have to go into the SEC tournament needing multiple wins. I think to even get right there on that line. Um, so, I mean, it's like what what stands out in this game? It is Alabama's defense that just gave up one seventeen at Kentucky. Uh, are they going to come out with the mindset that, all right, we just got embarrassed in Lexington. Everybody's talking about, you know, giving up 117 and all this. Even your coaches called you out, you know, not playing defense, all this. Does Alabama come out with something to prove here and have one of their better defensive games of the season? That's that's question number one. You know, it's like question number two. This is an old Miss team that, yeah, as Max has said, they've just – They've struggled here recently. I mean, it is – I mean, they're losing by double digits to good teams. And before that, it was like, okay, you looked up and you're like, all right, they, they beat Florida earlier in the year before Florida kind of got on their run. Um, you know, there were some other games. They, they won the game at A&M. They beat Mississippi State. Like, okay, they're starting to find some momentum here. But since then, it's just – it's not happened outside of that stretch where they played well in the back half of the South Carolina game uh, in Columbia like all they have to show for it over the past in in february all they have to show for it is a three-point win against missouri which was just clawing to try to get that um over the winless team so now you're asking them to go out and play the best offensive team they played this season and you know defend to the level that quite frankly they've not defended to uh because you know chris beard's thing is defense but they're nowhere near where he wants them to be defensively and we all know that and, and that's that's probably one of the reasons why you know that great start has turned into you know 19 and 8 is because they've been better than we thought offensively but they've probably been a little i fairly worse than we thought defensively yeah. Yeah. and so yeah. like that's it's like what do you what do you do with that because it's like it'd be different if they had held serve at home to this point, right? But they haven't now. They've lost by 14 to Auburn. They've lost by 13 at home to South Carolina. So, like, to me, there's not a lot to look at here and feel great about Ole Miss's, you know, matchup because I just think a lot of the things that weeks ago we were like, okay, feeling good about Ole Miss, you know, they they seem to be a team that's built some trends. They're going to struggle on the road. But, man, they're still tough to beat at home. And, you know, they're, they're getting better here, or getting better there. It just hasn't translated in this stretch where they have just played better teams. So, yeah, tough matchup.
2: Predictions. All right. I'm looking at the Ken Palm page for this matchup. And when Ole Miss has got the ball, it's a little bit of a stalemate. We, I kid Blake about Alabama's defense. Al- Alabama's not an awful defensive team. I mean, it is sometimes. But on the whole, it's okay. Alabama ranks seventh in conference in offense – I mean, in defense, Ole Miss ranks seven in offense. I look at that side of, of the matchup and, okay, no, nothing really stands out. Like, if, if Ole Miss had a big offensive game and hit a bunch of threes, wouldn't shock me, but Alabama's actually okay at defending the three. So, I, I don't really look at that end of the floor and, and take a lot from it. But, boy, the other end of the floor. And this is where Blake hit on some things that, that got me to thinking. I've said all along, Wait till mid-February, and then I'll start making judgments on teams. And here we are. And Ole Miss is not playing well in mid-February. And it doesn't intuitively make sense to me that Ole Miss is not a better defensive team. And, oh, by the way, before I forget, Alan Flanagan is going to be available for this one in case people wondered about that. He He got ejected from the last game for throwing an elbow. He will be back for this one. I don't think it's going to matter. Ole Miss is 11 on defense in the conference, giving up almost 113 points per 100 possessions. Alabama scoring almost 120 points per 100 possessions. But but it gets worse when you look inside it, okay? Alabama is number two at shooting the three. Ole Miss next to worst at defending it. Alabama's number one at shooting the two. Ole Miss is 10th at defending it. And this this is where it could even get worse for Ole Miss. This is where I don't. At some point, basketball statisticians are going to maybe start factoring luck into it. Alabama, the number two free throw shooting team in league play, eighty point three percent. Ole Miss is giving up sixty nine percent at the line. Uh, that so, uh, Ole Miss's defense could be actually worse if teams hit foul shots at probably than their normal clip. It is a complete mismatch on that side of the ball. I don't understand why Chris Beard's teams, uh, with Chris Beard as the coach, he's a defensive whiz, and that size inside hasn't translated more. It just hasn't. Um, it, It's a mismatch when Alabama's got the ball, and that's going to take precedent in Oxford, give me Alabama.
1: Yeah, I think that there is, there is some – wait to right cell not be in there but you talk about why the defense uh hasn't really panned out even with CSA and Sharp and well one is Sharp has struggled with the physicality of the SEC um this is a game that maybe he could play some extended minutes as uh Alabama doesn't really have a big bruiser down low um but what I'm worried about is who's guarding Mark Sears you know who 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 at point guard for Ole Miss is going to be able to stop Mark Sears and It's just – it's a tough matchup because you get Alabama coming off of the the embarrassment, really. I mean, it's one way to just lose on the road against a good team. You lose, you come back. Okay, everybody loses on the road. But to really be embarrassed in in prime time, teams just come back with an extra burst, with an extra – Revenge, you know, want to write our name, and so I'm going to go with with Alabama here. I bet the spread is somewhere around six to eight for for Alabama. Multiple possessions. Um, the the thing that the thing with Ole Miss it, in their biggest wins at home, they beat Mississippi State, put up 86. Uh, they beat Florida, put up 103. In their losses, uh, Kentucky they, they they put up 63. Oh, South Carolina last game 59. They're gonna have to get 85 plus if they want to win this game um, and I just I have a hard time believing that they're they're gonna be able to stop Alabama. I'm going Alabama.
0: Let me tell you who's nervous right now. Big baller Brett because <laughs> big baller Brett is sitting and watching this and he's thinking, oh my, what what should I do here? It's not just Big Baller Brett. You know, there's other people out there, other Alabama fans that are watching this thinking, oh boy, what's what's about to to unfold here with the third pick uh in the Southeastern 14 SEC basketball predictions draft? Watch the stats here. And these these will these really pop out at you. Ole Miss against the best offensive teams they played in the SEC. Would you say that? If you take out the Florida game, which before Florida went on their run, it was over a month and a half ago now, all right, would you say that Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky qualify as probably the next best offensive teams? Yeah. Right? Okay. So if you go back to January 6th, Old Miss against Tennessee, Tennessee shot 55% from two. They shot 37% from three, which included 11 threes in that game. All right, Auburn, uh, January 20th. Auburn shot 65% from 2, 44% from 3. Auburn shot 44% from 3. The next Auburn game, February 3rd. Auburn shot 62% from 2, 44% from 3. 12 threes from Auburn in that game. Kentucky, February 13th. Kentucky shot 61.1% from 2, 33% from 3. That was kind of one of those weird things where it's like, okay. Kentucky only shot, you know, 18 threes, only put up 18. They shot 33%. All right. Okay. Well, good job, Ole Miss. Right. Good work. But it's like Kentucky still shot 61% from two. And so when you look at the trend here against good teams, Ole Miss has just given up easy percentages, basically, to all the good offensive teams. Minus, like we said, Florida was in a different spot. But even then, I mean, Florida, yeah, 45% from two. But that was just, it's probably Ole Miss's best performance of the season. Wouldn't we say that? I mean, they won 103 to 85 in yeah. that game. And so it's just not been there consistently. And even the three point, remember, we were leaning on Ole Miss's three point percentage all year long. And it's still 18th nationally. But if you look at the recent numbers, right? <laughs> Ooh, three of 16 against South Carolina, 19%. Six of 19 against Mississippi State, 32%. They did have the good shooting performance against Missouri, but we're throwing that out because it's Missouri. Five of twenty-two against Kentucky, twenty-three percent. So, like that's those are their past four games, and so they've not shot it as well. They're not defending. <sighs> Big baller, Brett. I'm sorry, man. I just there every part of me wants to pick Ole Miss here, but I just the matchup just looks bad for the Rebels. So, I'm going Alabama. We have two kisses of death this
1: this midweek here. Two big ones.
0: Two also, big ones. Yes. By the way, Alabama has won. Let me look here. So, Alabama has won. One, two, three, four, five, six straight against Ole Miss. Um, eight of the last nine. The last time they played in Oxford, 2022, Alabama won 97-83. The time before that, they played in Oxford, 2020, Alabama won 103-78. That's a lot of points from the Tide yeah. in the Nate Oates era in Oxford. So,
1: well, Chris Beard at Ole Miss is undefeated against Alabama. So, yeah, he hasn't played him.
0: It's a, it's a great point. Great oh. point. That's a stat you're only going to find on Southeastern <laughs> 14. Right
2: <there. laughs> All right. Be- better chance of Alabama breaking 100 or Ole Miss
0: pulling the upset. I would go with Alabama breaking 100. I would go Ole Miss pulling the upset. Because, I, I look, here's what's going to – I just said it. Let's keep this in mind. This is, like we said, this is an important game slate, and here's why. A&M and Ole Miss are in must-win situations. When teams are desperate – Max and I talk about, like, the different spots this season, right? It's the yep. – well, what did we say what were the two we said yesterday max the team coming off a huge emotional win is going to lose in the, the midweek off midweek off is going to win i mean desperate like what is the desperation record this year for teams um because we haven't really we haven't got to that point but now we're to the point to where this is desperation mode for these two teams right here they're hosting two ranked teams and what we said all season the unranked versus the ranked teams, and now you're adding desperation to the mix, oh, I think there's a better chance of Ole Miss beating Alabama than there is Alabama scoring 100. But Okay. We'll
2: um, where, where does you just got your brains beat in at Kentucky by 22 points, and it was worse than that. It was almost 40 at one point. It might have been 40. And you're fighting for an SEC title. Where does that that factor into the the desperation index or whatever we're – That's not desperation, though. That's (laughs) That's not desperate, but there's a name for it. I don't – we can call it what we want, but you get my point.
0: All right, so how about – here? all right, so let me – let's look at it this way, okay? Alabama on the road in SEC play. 78 points at Vanderbilt. 82 points at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. 71 points at Tennessee. 85 points at Georgia. 81 points at Auburn. 109 at LSU. um, 95 at Kentucky. So – I mean, they've hit. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. The I'll take back
2: my my hundred point.
0: And they may be without Reitzel.
2: And
1: they may be without Reitzel.
2: Okay, th- th- this is getting a little more interesting now. Th- now that we talk it through.
1: Yeah, I don't like how much I I like Alabama. Not liking it.
2: At I don't all. like that we all three picked Alabama. I don't either. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't either. Don't. I don't. I don't understand that the Ole Miss defensive thing. I mean, it just it is defied. Explanation for me. I, I don't get that with some of the pieces and who's coaching that team, why it has not been better.
0: Well, here, I think it's because I still think we probably, the first half of the season, I think, set an expectation for Ole Miss that was not sustainable. Yeah. And it's easy to just look at the record and say, wow, they're 15 and one. But. I think the Tennessee game. We all after that game kind of said, "All right, oh boy, like yeah. is this going to be a team that just is going to really struggle against the top tier teams?" And yes, they've gotten a win against Texas A and M, which looked better at the time than it does now. And they beat Mississippi State at home. They beat Florida at home, but again, this is a much different Florida team than it was back then. Yeah, it's just that the defense has not been able to hold to the level that it's needed to to again beat some of these teams. But but I say that. It's also been a combination of just having – look, they played South Carolina twice, right? And against South Carolina, they, they've they done what a lot of teams have done against South Carolina. They just haven't been able to score enough consistently to win those games. They had that one burst in the second half in, at South Carolina, like we mentioned. But other than that, it's like they bogged down the, you know, in the game on Saturday. And, again, really all they have over the past three weeks is just the holding on for dear life to beat Missouri. And so you said like you said, Chris, you judge teams in mid-February, what are they? I mean, yeah, this is kind of what they've been. So Yeah, and and look,
2: I know we have our phone with computers, but the computers are trying to tell us when when Ole Miss was 14 and zero. hey, let let's pump the brakes a little bit here. And I feel like that has
1: started to you know,
2: water is sort of found its own level here.
1: Another thing that kind of led us astray, though, was we, I mean, Memphis was ranked top 10 at one point, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, th- I thought Memphis that was anywhere near the bubble. They just fell off a cliff. So that also, yeah. could, I don't know, maybe was just a little bit of a smokescreen there in early December. You know, I mm-hmm. thought that was like a, a huge top 10 win. But yeah, was well, like sharp.
0: Was sharp too, right? It's he was going to be a big part of the defensively, and he's still playing, but he's not playing six minutes, 15 minutes, six minutes, right? Not playing seven minutes, six minutes. So, like, it's yeah, I mean, he's he's, listen, he's not playing a lot of minutes, he's still blocking, you know, eight shots per minute, it seems like, but um, still, yeah, it's just I I will see that this is again the big test. I mean, this is the big one against an Alabama team that's pissed off coming in here. And you know basically your season's on the line for Ole Miss. And I would have to think that Chris Beard has put his team – we we don't have the research right now, but I'm sure in those kind of games maybe he's had in previous you know, stops, he's probably done a good job of getting his team ready for those games. But, I man, just a different beast. And we've seen the results from Ole Miss against the good offensive teams, and they have not panned out very well. So, um, yeah. Real quick
1: before we wrap up, one more reason why I think the Ole Miss defense is kind of not what we thought it was. Listen to Musa Cisse's defensive rebounding rates throughout college, okay? I'll just go real real quick. 23.7, 21.2. Last year, 28.1 was the seventh best defensive rebounder in the nation. This year, 14.6. Mm-hmm. I lost about 14% on the percentage of defensive rebounding rate from year to year. I mean,
0: I don't, how do you... I don't know how what you make yeah. of that, but I also I was... quickly, what about the look ahead game? The look ahead spot for Alabama, Tennessee coming up on Saturday. Game day. All the eyes of the country on Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Switching my pick coming, to Ole Miss. Even though they're coming off the big, you know, loss at Kentucky and this is a bounce back spot. Everybody's talking about that game on Saturday. And yeah.
2: Well, they're still talking about the one from last Saturday, too, and that's the reason I think Alabama won't be looking ahead. Switching to Ole Miss officially.
0: <laughs> All right, big ball of Brett. There you go. You, just,
2: you can't help yourself, can you, Max? I I,
0: I have to. I have to. I kind of wanted to pick the two desperate teams. Join me, Blake. Join I me. just couldn't do it. I, listen, I went with the two ranked do teams it. on the road on Saturday. It worked out well. So, I'm going to go the same formula here. Although the, the odds tell us maybe gonna flip in the other direction for this one. But we'll see.
2: We will be here to gloat, take our medicine, whatever applies. We have a lot of fun with this, seriously. And, and hope you have fun watching. Best way to watch more, hit the subscribe button, enable your notifications so you can catch us when we're on, which is just about every day. We'll be recapping this one the morning after. And Talking a little baseball and, and football. We got some football stuff planned. We just got to nail down for this week too. Hope you enjoy it all. For Blake Lovell and Max Bar, I'm Chris Lee. We are Southeastern 14, presented by Bet Online.